1: Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.
0: Grammar Girl here. Today, guest writer Bonnie Trango will help us talk about which clauses and whether it's okay to start a sentence with one or a new paragraph. Sentences that are missing something, such as a subject or a predicate, are called incomplete sentences or sentence fragments. Although your English teachers probably scolded you for leaving out vital parts of sentences when you were writing essays, you are allowed to use sentence fragments when you want to make a point. So you could perhaps say, I ate all the cookies, period. Big mistake. Here, big mistake is a sentence fragment, but it's okay because it allows you to emphasize your point. Which clauses that appear at the beginning of a sentence or paragraph are likewise incomplete sentences, and you are allowed to use them occasionally. Which clauses that stand around all by themselves appear in novels and magazines all the time. You've probably come across a lonely witch clause. What happens when you notice it? It definitely stood out, and you paid attention. Which clauses have traditionally modified noun phrases, as in this example. I stepped onto the train, which had finally arrived. Here, the witch clause, which had finally arrived, describes the noun train. If you wanted to highlight to your readers that the train was very late and you were annoyed, you could use a witch fragment. Here we go. I stepped onto the train, period, Which had finally arrived. By using a period to separate the witch clause from what it describes, you're slowing things down and making the witch fragment more noticeable than it would be if you kept everything together in one sentence. In fact, writers have been using this technique since at least the 14th century. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind.
2: Like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside. With a warm drink, or maybe even a wine in hand. As you watch the world go by outside your window.
1: Mmm, short rib. Good afternoon,
2: this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home, Mm. refill,
1: For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar? That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today.
2: Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends.
0: You can also use a witch clause to modify another clause or an entire sentence. Here's an example. I had to trudge up the mountain, which tired me out. In that example, the clause, which tired me out, refers to the entire part of the sentence that came before it, I had to trudge up the mountain. Again, if you want to highlight what you're saying in the witch clause, go ahead and make the clause its own sentence. Sometimes a witch fragment can start a new paragraph, and modifies the entire preceding paragraph. Let's say you spend one paragraph describing the details of a delicious 10-course meal you ate, and then you emphasize your gluttony by starting a new paragraph with a sentence like this, which was why I had a stomach ache. That's a perfectly legitimate way to express yourself. As you can see, witch clauses are quite versatile. The other day, I was reading a novel called The Winter Queen, in which some of the chapter titles were made up of standalone witch clauses, such as, which consists entirely of conversation. That which clause referred to the entire chapter. Sometimes you might want to avoid using a which clause as an incomplete sentence. An easy way to achieve this is to end the sentence before the which clause, at a period, and then start a new sentence with that, or another word that refers back to the previous sentence. An example will help. Let's consider that mountain sentence we already talked about. I had to trudge up the mountain, which tired me out. Instead of highlighting your aching limbs by writing, which tired me out, you could end the sentence with mountain, and then start a new sentence like this, those 10 hours of exertion tired me out. The whole thing would read like this, I had to trudge up the mountain, period. Those 10 hours of exertion tired me out. As you can see, though, this second sentence has considerably less flair than the standalone witch clause. It's up to you as the writer to figure out how best to present your ideas. I do have a warning for you about witch clauses, though. When you use one, whether it's a fragment or part of a complete sentence, you must ensure that it's clear what the witch clause refers to. If the clause could modify more than one thing, then it would be ambiguous and perhaps confusing to readers. Take this sentence. The workers rebuilt the bridge connecting the city to its suburb, which had been destroyed during the war. That's a less-than-ideal sentence because your clause could possibly modify three things—the bridge, the city, or its suburb. I'd guess the bridge was destroyed during the war, but the city and its suburb were probably destroyed, too. If you could rewrite the sentence, it would be a good idea to state clearly what was destroyed. Assuming it's the bridge, I'd write, The workers rebuilt the bridge connecting the city to its suburb, period. This bridge had been destroyed during the war. You could also put the witch clause right after bridge. The workers rebuilt the bridge, which had been destroyed during the war, connecting the city to its suburb. In summary, you're allowed to use standalone witch clauses for dramatic effect. Be aware, though, that witch clauses used in this matter are like hot sauce. You should use them sparingly. If you overuse this technique, it loses its dramatic effect. And also be careful so you don't write confusing sentences where your witch clause can refer to more than one thing. This podcast was written by Bonnie Tranga, author of The Curious Case of the Misplaced Modifier, who blogs at SentenceSleuth.blogspot.com. And I'm Mignon Fogarty, the author of the paperback book, Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. That's all. Thanks for listening.
2: Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up with Friends.